With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Happy Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the weekend and a special Saturday edition of the Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you taking part. Pour yourself a strong one. Get your mind right. And uh, what better way to start your weekend than with episode 14 of the Grease Pole Podcast? As always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Grease Pole Podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find all previous episodes there, as well as fresh ones every Monday, except for today, the special Saturday edition. So welcome. Uh, glad you're here. Um, it's, been, uh, it's certainly been an entertaining, entertaining week around as it pertains to the NFC East a lot of a lot of headlines around the NFL focus on on the birds rivals uh Dak Prescott did not get a long-term deal so he will be playing on the franchise tag this year he could always pull Le'Veon Bell and hold out uh doesn't strike me as that type of guy but it it makes it to where if you're Dallas your odds of Signing Dak Prescott now, locking him up to a long-term deal, are uh, are even less, which is which is hilarious. If you're an Eagles fan, like I said, look, man, I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy. I think Andy Dalton could do every bit in that offense what Dak Prescott can, and that's not no disrespect to Dak Prescott. I just think there's a lot of talents on that, a lot of talent on that offense. And again, as an Eagles fan, I'm hoping they pay the hell out of him because it's going to restrict their cap. You can sit here and say what. You know what the Mahomes deal is going to do to Kansas City, but if, if you're going to give a guy like that, that's Mahomes. If you're going to pay a guy like Dak, <laughs> you know, north of forty million, have fun. So there's that. Obviously, the fiasco uh, with the Washington football team. Jesus Christ, um, name change seems to be the least of their concerns at the moment. Uh, not a not a ton of details are out. I don't want to speculate too much yet, but does not look good uh, for the culture of the Redskins, which we knew. Any anybody that's got an IQ level above you know barbecue sauce knows that it's it's not a it's not a culture that certainly produces success on the field. And given Dan Snyder's kind of track record and what we know about him publicly. Just doesn't seem like a good dude. We kind of everybody you know he's an ass. Even Redskins fans will tell you he's an ass. You know what I mean? Whereas Dallas fans will kind of take up arms for Jerry Jones, some of them. 
everybody across the board will tell you Dan Snyder's a jerk off. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what the details of this Washington, Port, Washington Post uh, report, what they entail as everything does, you know, pour out. But if any of this stuff is traced back to Dan Snyder, and even if it's not directly linked to him, this is not a good look, man. This is not a good look. You cannot have, if you're the owner of a team, a CEO of anything, anything that happens underneath your umbrella, you should be aware of. You should be aware of, point blank. So to now learn, okay, holy shit, not only are they a dumpster fire on the field, but off the field as well, even even more so of a fiasco than it was on the field. You can't be in stairwells looking up the skirts of women. That's just, I mean, for the love of God. Like, if that, and I'm not trying to, like, whatever here, but if, if, if you're that hard up, my God, go to Pornhub, man. Like, that, I mean, Jesus. Like, that's that's what it's there for, kind of, right? You can't be in a stairwell looking up a woman's skirt. That's a no-no. I, I, I mean, all of this seems like just common knowledge in 2020, you would think. All of it seems like common knowledge anyway, whether it's 2020, 1920, whatever the hell, whatever it is. So just a fiasco across the NFC East. Um, meanwhile, as we discussed on episode 13, Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, former uh, guard for two years of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, tweeted out foreplay, big news. The birds are about to get a lot better in mid-July. And the entire fan base just got raging mega-huge boners, hoping that it was a Jamal Adams, Yannick Ngakwe, you know, guys like that. You know what I mean? The big names. Oh, Clowney was rumored maybe, even though he could piss up a rope after the wild card game this past year, in my personal book. And here we are on Saturday, a week later, and the transaction that happened was the big news from Brian, Bra- Brian Baldinger, the big news is the return of a 38-year-old left tackle. <laughs> and look, I love Jason Peters, man. I love him. The bodyguard's back. I'm excited. I really am. This is a guy's future Hall of Famer. We told, I mean, he's going to have his number retired by this franchise one day, likely, and deservedly so. Love the guy. As soon as he walks away five years later, he's going to be enshrined in Canton. Should be. Deserves every bit of it. Love the guy. But that being like the big tease, this is why you can't. The Twitter thing is funny, man. And I'm not big Twitter guy. But, you know, just you send out one thing and everybody, the radar starts going off and everybody gets a boner. And it's just, it's, it's people. Everybody turns into that meme of Stan Marsh from South Park sitting in front of his computer, you know, with the little buddies everywhere. That's, that's what it was. And at least to this point, no Jamal Adams, which I'm for. I didn't want any of those big moves. Again, like we said last week, I don't, I'm not in favor of giving up assets when you kind of have to quasi-flip your offensive line a little bit. You know, Carson's, Carson's coming into year five. I'm not for giving up assets for guys that may or may not be a, a fucking rental. Just not in favor of it. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. If you disagree, hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Always down to argue. But if you look at it, though, this – hopefully his return, Jason Peters, comes with less false starts <laughs> because – and, again, love the guy. 
but you get that obligatory false start from every game, and it always seems to come at the worst possible spot. You know what I mean? It's it's third and three on the opponent's 36, and he jumps because he's old as fuck, and he looks uncomfortable getting in a stance anymore, so he jumps. Five yards back, now you got third and eight, and you're backed up to your own 41, possibly out of Jake Elliott's field goal range. Yada, yada, you know the deal. The false starts make you want to bang your head into a brick wall repeatedly until your head becomes applesauce, right? But, it, it again, let's go back to the Brandon Brooks injury, okay? That is a massive loss for this team. I, it, it, in, in terms of guys that you couldn't afford to lose, he's in the Mount Rushmore. You cannot understate the importance of Brandon Brooks to this football team, especially to keep 11 up right in the pocket and to get everybody to finally do, oh, the people, uh, Carson gets hurt all the time, he's injury prone, whatever. To shut those people up, you need your all-pro guard, right? But you don't go out, you don't get a Larry Warford. Next best thing is you bring the guy back who's going to go to the Hall of Fame in your uniform in Jason Peters. And you can kind of maybe, you know, plan seems to be to plug him in at guard he knows you know he knows the system he's familiar with Doug Peterson's offense right so you know Jeff Stoutland he knows his schemes and everything this is a guy that's done it that is a coach on the field I mean his presence is vital whether or not he is on the field or off you can't understate the importance of Jason Peters so I'm all in favor of him coming back and as long as those false starts stay away. Because you got to remember, and Andre Dillard, first-round pick in 2019 out of Washington State, presumably taking over that left tackle spot this year, right, full-time. So he, he struggled a little bit as a rookie. Now he's bulked up this offseason, which hopefully will work out in the team's favor. But you got to keep in mind, he was a rookie last year. That second offseason, which, which is this one, that he's going into. I mean, that, that that's the crucial one that's, the you know, in terms of a player's development, that second off season, where you transition from your rookie to your sophomore season, that it's, it's crucial for your development. And as it would be for Andre Dillard, obviously. And you don't know how, again, as of right now, training camps and everything are, are, are starting on time, the 28th. But what if COVID impacts it? Now, now you have a situation where Andre Dillard stepping in as a full-time starter and he's not getting everything that he needs to transition to the full-time starter in his second year in terms of that player development. That's where a guy, you know, like Jason Peters comes in handy. He's a coach on the field, right? So he's a guy that can help all facets of the game. And with him now presumably starting at right guard where Brandon Brooks was Isaac Samalu left guard so he's gonna be stepping in for Brandon Brooks at right guard say say Andre Dillard has a shitty start to the year struggles looks like crap gets hurt gets COVID whatever okay hopefully none of those things happen knock on wood but if they do now if you're Doug Peterson you can kick Peters out to his natural position at left tackle and you can plug Matt Pryor in who you were going to play anyway at right guard before you brought Jason Peters in. So it's a win-win. You can kind of have your cake and eat it too type of deal. Now, 
hopefully Andre Dillard's not going to take this as a negative and be looking over his shoulder, but that's one of those things where you got to be a professional. You got to keep grinding. You got to do what you do, stay focused on, on your job and how you can improve without worrying how a 38 year old dude's going to come in and take your job. You should have the mindset of, man, I'm not letting this fucking gold guy take my shit. Let, kick him in at guard. I got this. You know, that's the mindset he should have that hopefully he does have. Again, he was, he was a monster at Washington State. One of pro football focuses, you know, five highest graded offensive tackles coming out in recent years. He's got the ability. It's just getting used to the, the speed at the NFL level. So when you look at, you know, the situation with Andre Dillard juxtaposed to Justin Peters and where he's at in his career, you have to give Andre Dillard every opportunity to be the left tackle of the future of this team, right? So I don't think, again, that's going to be a last resort, in my opinion. Jason Peters going in the guard, presumably, knows the system, knows the schemes, you know, locker room presence, stellar coach on the field. Now, you know, if, if you're going to have to have a situation where where you got to pull a guard right on some of these sweeps, you better run him to Jason Peters' side. So you, you pull the backside guard, you pull Isaac Samalu. I don't think Jason Peters is going to be pulling a lot. That's not something that I would want to see personally at this stage in his career. Given the fact that he can't, you know, his injury, you want to talk about an injury history, Christ almighty. Jason Peters has no business being out there pulling on sweeps and things of that nature. Let Isaac Samalu do that. He's younger. He's quicker. But in terms of a plug-and-play at left guard, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's going to have his number retired. He's a legend in this city. You know what I mean? It sucks that he couldn't suit up for the Super Bowl. Lane Johnson carried his jersey out there out of the tunnel in Minneapolis for Super Bowl 52. The guy's beloved in the city. So welcome back to the bodyguard. Nice to have you back. Give 71 in green one more run just for the love of God with the fall starts. Cool it please. So glad to have him back. And what I wanted to do to that note, after the return of Jason Peters, I want to kind of look at a few guys who I think the success of 2020 hinges on for this team. You know, obviously, you know, look, all 53 guys, you know, everybody's important. Everybody has a role. Yes. But there are certain guys that are critical to the success of any team. This, the Eagles are no different. So <clears throat> what I wanted to do was look at the guys who I think are absolutely vital to how far this team can potentially go in 2020, okay? And I, I, I don't want to officially put them on this list, but you got to mention them. Carson Wentz, because if he's upright – this team's a serious contender. If he's not, I'm not, I don't, I, there's the pick that shall not be mentioned and Nate Sudfeld, okay? You know, neither one of those really gets my blood flowing, all right? I don't know about you guys. Yet to see what, you know, the 53rd pick in this year's draft, yet to see what he's able to do at the NFL level. But, you know, it, it, shove him in as a full-time starter or Nate Sudfeld, are you really fired up about it? If Wentz went down, the only guy, other guy wanted taken over this franchise was Nick Foles. Okay, he's in Chicago now, and he's probably going to beat, you know, pube face Mitch out for the Bears starting job. So that's that's done. Let's let's let that ship sail, please, for the love of God. Long as Wentz is healthy, this team's a contender. He's that good. 
been through it before, not going to argue all the points again, but if you don't see how good Carson Wentz is, hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast. We can argue gladly because you don't understand football if you don't understand and see how damn good Carson Wentz is, okay? So, again, as he goes, this team goes. All right? So you got to kind of mention him, obviously. And then, again, at the end of this, I'm going to give you kind of my breakout candidate as well. But in terms of guys who I believe have to have a crucial, a great year for this team to be successful, I'm going to start with Jalen Mills. Okay? Now, this is a big year for him because he is moving, obviously, from corner to safety, right? That, in my opinion, that move – it, it, it should benefit him from an individual standpoint and therefore benefit the team because when you look at Jalen Mills' career, and again, keep in mind, this guy was a seventh-round pick, man. He's already started on a Super Bowl team. So when you take a guy in the seventh round, it's not even a lock he's going to make the damn roster. This guy started on the Super Bowl team, right, broke up, you know, that pass against Julio Jones in the 2018 divisional playoff against Atlanta to keep the run going, to get to Super Bowl 52, started on that Super Bowl team. Like, he is already – you can't knock Jalen Mills' career so far. You can't. The one knock he's you can give him is he tends to bite on those double moves, right? That's his Achilles heel. Always tends to bite on him. You know, when he's playing off, soft coverage. So, moving him to safety – when he's now playing with improved corners in front of him should help to where now safety vision, all you got to do is, you know, the rolling coverage, see what's in front of you. You're the last line of defense. Jalen Mills is a good football player, make no mistake about it. You know, but he should never be the best corner on your team. And prior to two offseason acquisitions this year, Darius Slay and Nikel Roby Coleman in the slot, you can make the argument that, you know, Jalen Mills was the best corner on this team. And you just, you can't, that's no bueno, right? So, and Jalen Mills himself has come out and said he thinks he's poised for a breakout season this year. So, it, it, you want to see a player excited about his own prospects. And I don't think, if, if Jalen Mills is a lot of things, but he's always been confident in his own ability. So, I don't think it's a lack of confidence. But I think this is just purely from an X and O standpoint, this move will benefit his skill set the best. And, you know, because, again, the, the priorities of what's been addressed this offseason afforded him that opportunity. And credit, credit the coaching staff for not going, okay, we've upgraded, let's look at other options, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's see if we can move him back. You know, Malcolm Jenkins leaves, you keep Rodney McLeod. Let's see if we can put Mills back there. We like what he brings to the table. Let's put him back at safety. I think it's going to be a beneficial move. Next up, Miles Sanders. And I can't, in terms of my favorite guys on this team currently, I know he's only a second-year guy, but my God, he's high on my list. And this could be, yes, I'm a Penn State fan too, so I watched him for, you know, a few years before we drafted him, wanted us to pick him in 2019, did love the guy's skill set he's a baby Saquon and again I'm not just saying that because Penn State bias and because he sat behind Saquon in Happy Valley but this is a guy who there's nothing he can't do 
there's nothing he can't do. Now, is he I'm not I'm not he's not Saquon Barkley, okay? But he can do everything Saquon Barkley can. There's nothing Miles Sanders cannot do. All-time franchise leader in rookie uh, all-purpose yards. You know what I mean? This guy out of the backfield, in the passing game, isn't afraid to hit a guy to keep 11 clean. In terms of the Devontae Freeman and LaShawn McCoy rumors, in my opinion, we don't need him. Boston Scott came on. I'm fine with him being the backup. I had said from – we didn't Jordan Howard, we didn't need to bring him back this year. I wish Jordan Howard nothing but the best in Miami. I like him as a running back, but we don't need him. Get get him out of Miles Sanders' way. 26 is a monster. This guy is a top 10 running back waiting to fucking explode. And, you know, he's come out himself and said that, you know, he's going to have an MVP season, things of that nature. I I love and I appreciate the confidence I could do without the bulletin board material to give people you know, you can't, man, it's it. this day and age to give people a reason to just fling poop at you if they can give you a reason I don't think is real smart. But that's on him, man. You know, if he wants to put the pressure on himself, so be it because he's going to have to deliver. Now, because when you look at the way the wide receiver core has been addressed in this offseason, Jalen Rager, first round, John Hightower, Quez Watkins in the draft, Speed, 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 speed with Marquise Goodwin. Trade, bring him in from San Francisco. Now you have depth at receiver where there was none last year, where everybody was crippled, right? So the only thing that's missing now is that 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 piece out of the backfield, the ace in the running game, which you can also use him in the passing game, right? How many times do we see Miles Sanders on wheel routes get vertical? You know what I mean? Out of the backfield. 20, 30-yard chunk plays. He can do everything. You know, at some point, there's probably going to be a fantasy episode coming because I'm a fantasy football nerd. You know, before your drafts and everything else like that. I'm Bold prediction, I'm calling it right now. Miles Sanders is going to be a top 10 fantasy running back this year in 2020. Absolutely love this guy. Can't understate his value to the team and what I think he's going to bring to the table. I think this is a guy that is absolutely, if, if, if you're not that familiar with him now, which the only reason you wouldn't be is if you're not an Eagles fan, but you will be familiar with the guy after this year, provided, again, God willing, he stays healthy. There is nothing Miles Sanders cannot do. Passing game, running game, can block all of it. Have Miles Sanders, and again, Doug Peterson with the committee, running back by committee, I get it. Let Miles Sanders be your ace. Plug in little baby Yoda, Boston Scott here and there, but let Miles Sanders carry this team. Let's talk about Darius Slay. Obviously, the big offseason pickup, right? The presence of him. Also, Nikel Roby Coleman, as we discussed. Uh, he's going to be in the slot. Him and Slay, it gives Jim Schwartz an opportunity to kind of play around a little bit with the defense if he chooses to, right? Now, Schwartz is a guy that traditionally doesn't blitz a ton. We know that. Every Eagles fan knows that. But I think now when you have guys like this, you got Jalen Mills back at safety, you plug in Darius Slay, legitimate lockdown corner best arguably one of the best slot corners in the nfl in the roby coleman a, a presence that was sorely missed on this team last year had it in the super bowl year with patrick robinson and you saw the difference it makes that's what Nikel roby coleman brings to the table which therefore affords slay a chance to be more effective right if you look at 
their ability to and uh, coinciding with Jim Schwartz's philosophy to kind of to smother opposing receivers and to get home, put pressure with just your front four. Th- this should be th- this should be a fun season for Jim Schwartz. Darius Slay provides you a lockdown corner, that shutdown corner that's been necessary for a decade. What we thought Namdi Asamoah was going to be, right? Now this, for the please God, don't let this end up being Namdi 2.0 or 3.0 because Namdi 2.0 was Byron Maxwell. But, and I don't think there's any way it, it does. Darius Lee, this is a great guy, good dude, uh, you know, just, just a great mind on him. Workhorse, I think this is this is as good a pickup as you could as you can get in the offseason. You couple that again with the slot god Nikel Roby Coleman. This is this is a defense now that has a making to be potentially as effective. And you got to keep in mind how offensively the game is now. It's not what it was back when Jim Johnson was around. But they're the pieces with Slay, Nikel Roby Coleman. You know, I could use some more linebackers maybe, but absolutely could use more linebackers. But you can get by with what you got at least for a year. Jim Schwartz can make some noise with his defense, man. And I think that Darius Slay, if he plays it all up to his potential, is going to be huge for this team. Because this is a team that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for, you know, 1,596 yards against, basically. You know, in that Miami game that was just depressing as fuck. Darius Slay should help with that. They, this should not be the 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 the, the Eagles secondary should no longer be the set of turnstiles that it has been for the past you know five years. Let's go to the defensive line next. Staying on Jim Schwartz's side of the ball with Derek Barnett. Now we know the accolades that he arrived in Philly with from the University of Tennessee, all-time sack leader in the history of the University of Tennessee, right? Even surpassing Reggie White. He recovered the strip sack with Tom Brady, the Brandon Graham strip sack in Super Bowl 52 to help secure that win. You know, this is a guy, he was a Sam Bradford pick. He was the first-round pick the year the draft was in Philly. You know, this is a guy the fan base is rooting for. And I like what he's done so far. He's been kind of a rotational piece, right? because of the way Jim Schwartz kind of keep, likes to keep his D-lineman fresh. But if, if you look, the depth on the, on the edge, on the outside of the defensive line, isn't exactly what it was a year or two ago. Vinny Curry is a free agent still. Chris Long retired a year ago. You know what I mean? So it's not, you, you know, two years ago you had just constant Michael Bennett, who I never wanted with his fucking youth shoulder pads. You had constant guys you could just bring in and terrorize. Now the depth's kind of it's it's switched. It's the predominant depth is now on the interior of the defensive line, where you got Fletcher Cox and uh, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson. That's now where you can make the most noise. Not that you can't make noise on the edge as well. Not that I'm saying, but you have the depth is kind of not quite what it was, which puts more pressure on Barnett as a first round pick. The Birds have already picked up his fifth year option, so he's going to be here for two more years. Now, you look at last season, 2019, put up six and a half sacks, 10 tackles for a loss in 14 games. I like Barnett's game. He's got active hands. He can bend that edge. He's got a nose for the ball. 
always around the ball whenever there's a fumble. It seems like whenever there's a fumble, him, Fletcher Cox, the group guy, they're always there, right? Sure-handed guys, recover, give your offense another chance, get the hell off the field. I like Derek Barnett a lot. I like Derek Barnett a lot. I'm curious to see as the true starter now, opposite Brandon Graham, with less kind of chess pieces to rotate with, therefore giving Barnett more snaps. He's going to see Brandon Graham-level action to see what he's going to do with it. I think this is a guy that's absolutely going to deliver. I like the pick at the time. I think this guy has a skill set. Again, he's had you know a little ding up here and there, but it's only his fourth year in the league. Who the hell doesn't get hurt? It's the NFL. But really looking forward to seeing what Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham can do it again. Getting there's there's when you look at the game now, the NFL, the way it's constructed, the most important things are protecting your quarterback and getting after the opposing team's quarterback. Simple as that, right? You need corners as well. You know, you need everything, of course. But if you look at it, if you strip it down to the base, keep your quarterback clean, get after the opposing team's quarterback. I really think that Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett can be the duo to do so. Can't wait to see what they can do in 2020. Barnett's going to need to make some noise to hold up his end of the deal opposite of Brandon Graham. And then at the top of my list of guys that have to have uh, a stellar 2020 in order for this team to be successful, we touched on him, Andre Dillard. Uh, it's, it's as simple as that. Again, the, this team goes as Carson Wentz goes. Replacing a Hall of Famer and Jason Peters is never an easy task. Again, assuming, you know, Peters is back now. But Dillard's going to be starting at left tackle, provided he does not struggle. Let's hope that's not the case. You know, and again, this is a guy, pro football focus was high on him coming out of Washington State. He struggled in spots during his rookie year. But when you've got, you know, again, he's bulked up, so you're going to be able to now hopefully take on that speed, the NFL speed and size a little bit better now. Another year to study. If COVID can keep keep it, keep out of everything, let him get that that offseason, that second offseason of development where everything kind of starts to click and come together for him. This is when you're going to start to see, hopefully, whether he trends toward being that full-time starter, that left tackle that this team needs for the next decade, or whether or not he's going to start trending toward being a bust. Okay, and I hope it's not the latter. Of course, we all do if you're an Eagles fan, and I don't think it will be. I really don't. You know, from studying his tape at Washington State and everything, when you have Lane Johnson, you've got him already locked up. He's your anchor on the right side. Andre Dillard has to step up and protect Carson's backside. It's as simple as that. If 11 is clean, this team can go with anybody, especially with the additions on defense. Because, again, this was a team that typically had to keep pace the last year or two. You know what I mean? Keep pace, catch up. Now there's pieces on defense. The secondary has been addressed. It, it, that wasn't the case. I mean, now you've got Darius Slade and Nikel Roby Coleman. Like we said, those are guys that should kind of ease the pressure up on the offense, on Carson a little bit, to where now he doesn't have to force so much and try to make so much happen every single play. Across the board, I think it'll be better and hopefully way less stressful to watch Eagles games every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever it may be. If 77 can keep 11 off his ass, bottom line, it all hinges on Carson Wentz, like it does with so many teams. But we've seen what happens this side of Nick Foles when Carson Wentz goes down. It's not pretty. You know, 
Andre Dillard steps in. He does what he has to do. He keeps 11 upright. This team will be fine. This team will be fine. It'll be able to hang in there with the San Francisco's and the and the Tampa's and the New Orleans and the fucking Dallas. The, the birds will be right there in the conversation with them as long as Andre Dillard doesn't start trending towards being a Tony Mandarich. Simple as that. And I want to give you, before we get out of here, before we crank up the weekend weirds, I want to give you my breakout player for twenty eight or 2018. Why the fuck am I? Okay. Jesus Christ. I'm already... I can taste the Jameson already. <laughs> That's what it is. Breakout player for this year, 2020, the year we're in, the year I'm currently talking to you. Not two years ago, this year, now. 2020 breakout player, my candidate, none other than Josh Sweat. Uh, 6'5", 220, defensive end, entering his third year out of Florida State. Shout out to 757 here locally. Uh, Oscar Smith High in Chesapeake is where my man went to school at. Um, ranked first among D linemen in 40 time in the vertical jump at the 2018 Combine. <clears throat> he posted 22 tackles and four sacks in his first two seasons in fairly limited action, uh, you know, kind of as a rotational player along the edge. But again, with that depth on the defensive line now, mostly inside at defensive tackle, you know, he should be primed to have more opportunities. He's just behind Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett on the depth chart this year. You know, a little Sharif Miller mixed in. Shout out Penn State alum. But sweat your guy. Sweat your third guy, your third rotational piece. He's got a good punch. He's got a nice quick twitch. He keeps those pads low, that pad, nice low pad level. Keeps his pads low and square. He fires off a line of scrimmage. He's a lengthy player. He can stunt inside effectively. This is a guy that, again, was kind of his rookie year in particular was buried down the depth chart. You didn't really see a whole lot. Uh, last year you saw a little bit more of him. But – with him being now kind of the way Schwartz likes to rotate his defensive lineman, right? You're going to have the starters of Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, as we just discussed. Josh Sweat, he's the next guy up on that list on the depth chart. So we've seen with guys like that how effective they can be in this defense, right? Michael Bennett, as much as I hate the guy and, you know, or his attitude and didn't want him as a part of this team, he led the, the team in sacks in 2018. You know, Chris Long, we know the impact he's made on this team, this franchise, and this city from that same spot. Derek Barnett used to be that. This is kind of – this is that third year. Sweat should – he's got all the tool. He checks all the boxes physically. He's got the talent. You know what I mean? If he's got the opportunities this year that I think he will behind just Brandon Graham – and Derek Barnett, provided he stays healthy. This is a guy that can make some serious noise, I'm telling you. This is a guy we're talking about, like we're talking about a Derek Barnett next year, I think. I think this is a guy that can make a huge impact on this defensive. Again, the way Schwartz likes to rotate, man, do you really think? Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett are not going to be playing every single snap, every single series. We know that. The next guy up is Josh Sweat. He's going to have those opportunities and if he does, I expect him to knock him out of the park. From everything I've seen from him, watching his tape, knowing what he was coming out of Florida State, just his measurables, studying some tape on him, watching his motor, what he brings to the table. Really excited to see what Josh Sweat brings to the table in 2020. I think he's going to make a lot of noise. If, he, if he's not on your radar now, he should be. But if he's not, I think he will be for sure after the 2020 season. So what do you think? Give me your breakout player. Give me guys you think are vital uh, to this team's success 
at Greasepole Podcast on Instagram is where you can hit me up, um, argue with me about breakout players or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, always, always open to a discussion. But it is Saturday, so um, with that said, I'm going to get the hell out of here and go sip a few Jack and Cokes, fire up the grill, and, uh, you know, make, make a Saturday happen. So hope you, uh, hope you enjoy your weekend. Got a special episode uh, coming for you guys on Monday. A little bit of a curveball, a um, little bit of a knuckleball, actually, probably more like Tim Wakefield back in the day. But it's it's something. If 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 you're an Eagles fan, I think you'll like it. Um, don't want to say too much in case it falls through, but 48 hours from now should be a uh, should be a great episode. Hopefully, you think they all are at uh, Greasepole Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. I will see you back here in 48 hours for episode 15 of the Grease Pole Podcast. As always, go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Grease Pole night in Philly. 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 Thanks.